setting fire to the stoner stereotype, sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Please welcome the host of Burning Issues, Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Hey, Cannabis Radio listeners, thanks for coming back to this new episode of Burning Issues. I'm delighted today to meet with Dr. Rachna Patel. As many of you know, I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine, author of Understanding Marijuana, Executive Director of the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, and all-around cannabis fanatic. I'm also uh, 14 years on the faculty at University of Southern California and just over 10 years at SUNY Albany. I do some clinical work here at Albany at the Health Psychology Associates, so by all means come by if you're on the East Coast. But as our West Coast friends uh, like to know, there's many a physician out there really struggling in the trenches, and that's why I'm delighted to hear from Dr. Rachna Patel. Dr. Patel uh, did her undergraduate work at Northwestern, went to med school out in California, and now she's uh, up in the Walnut Creek area. Uh, Welcome so much to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. I'm just dying to get a feel for what a, a medical cannabis doctor's life might be like. Yeah. Could you give yeah, me a typical get... day? Typical day. I mean, my day is spent um, uh, seeing patients mainly. Um, uh, most And when I see a patient, it's basically just like any other doctor's visit. The patient's coming in. Um, and we're sitting down together, we're going over their medical history, um, uh, we're going over, you know, any, any surgeries that they've had, any prescriptions that they've taken, um, <clears throat> what, you know, with the medications, what, what's worked, what hasn't worked, um, why they're looking to move away from conventional, uh, treatment and, and actually <clears throat> turn to medical marijuana. Um, and then I, what I do is I step-by-step walk patients through how to safely use the medical marijuana for their specific medical condition. Well, so for example, are there uh, ailments that you seem to see uh, more often? Yes. So the most common conditions that I end up treating are chronic pain, anxiety, and insomnia. Gotcha. Well, so so imagine I'm um, coming in for insomnia and I've done all the nice behavioral things. I try to keep the bedroom a reasonable temperature. I've got a great ritual before bed, but I just can't seem to drift off. What might we discuss in order to make a recommendation? Sure. So, you know, um, a lot of times uh, patients specifically with insomnia, um, they'll come in um, saying that they've tried the medications like like Ambien, like Lunesta, um, they've also uh, like Trazodone. Those are more the more common medications. Um, they've also even tried over the counter medications. A lot of times with these medications, like with Ambien, for instance, a lot of patients have experienced um, sleepwalking, uh, which they felt is dangerous. Um, with the over the counter medications, they'll complain that the next morning they they feel groggy or they they have you know, sort of a hungover feeling, which impairs their ability to, to perform optimally. Um, and so what I sit down and do is uh, specifically when I say that I'm, I'm walking patients through how to safely use the medical marijuana, I'm walking them through, you know, what, what's the most ideal combination of chemicals to use for, for their particular condition. Um, 
what's the best method of use? Um, what is, um, uh, or what's, what's the right dose to take? How, when do they want to take this dose? How often they want to take it? Plus we're going through side effects. Um, I mean, in, in all likelihood with what I teach, uh, patients don't experience side effects, but it's always important to know what the side effects are and what to do in case patients do get side effects. So oh, that's that sort of the, super. Yeah. So that's the general gist of, of what I'm walking patients through. Well, so I'm curious, I'm sure you've got a lot of patients who are pretty apprehensive about, say, smoked cannabis. What would you recommend for, for folks like that? <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's so many different options. There's, there's vaporization, which is a method of heating marijuana rather than burning it. Um, and what you're doing is you're avoiding what's called a uh, combustion reaction. And when you, when you avoid that combustion reaction, you're also avoiding the creation of what are called hydrocarbons. And these are the chemicals um, basically in pollution, um, in, in cigarette smoke, that's actually doing uh, the damage to your lungs. Um, well, sure. Uh, anybody listening can, can look up my paper with Nicholas Vaughn. On Dom, that was in Journal of Drug Issues, basically showing that, uh, the, yeah, the vaporizer can decrease respiratory irritation and improve lung volume in as little as a month. So that's wonderful to hear. Uh, you got anybody who might find that a little too uh, complicated or somehow not their favorite? What else? Yeah, would you recommend? Um, yeah, there's definitely the people that are not comfortable with inhaling. Period. Um, and uh, they still have other options. Plenty of other options left. Um, there are edibles. Um, mainly what you find on the market are chocolates. Those are the most common types of edibles, but there's a variety of edibles available. Um, and actually what's nice is that edibles nowadays are also made, uh, gluten-free, sugar-free, vegan. So if, you know, it's not that, that typical brownie from back in the day. Um, then there's also what are called sublinguals, which are also commonly known as tinctures. And these are basically just drops that you put under the tongue. Um, and beyond that, there are also topicals. Um, ba basically, it's marijuana that comes in the form of a salve or, or an ointment that you apply uh, to the affected area. Um, and then there are uh, rectal and vaginal formulations of marijuana as well. That's, I know, such a, a, a popular joke, but in fact, we do get a lot of really uh, intriguing ways to administer, and, and those two are, are obviously not talked about as much. Do you feel like they might be appropriate even for things like an insomnia? Uh, no, not as much. It always depends uh, on the medical condition, yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. So I'm, I'm also uh, intrigued about the idea of determining a dosage and just wondered if you had any rules of thumb or uh, strategy for... Uh, folks who, who do come to see you? Um, basically, what I'm doing is I'm walking them through a methodology, again, for their particular medical condition um, in terms of how to take it. So so, so it's going to vary <laughs> by medical condition. But general rule of thumb, um, uh, you always want to start with very small amounts. A lot of people don't realize just how potent marijuana can be. Now, the important thing is, is that you want to start with very low amounts because with, a medic with any medication, there's a dosing range, right? So there's a subtherapeutic dosing range where the amount that you're taking, it, it's not giving you any medical benefit. There's a toxic dosing range where what you're taking is causing side effects. And then there's the therapeutic dosing range, which is where you're getting the medical benefits, but you're not getting side effects. That's really where you want to stay. Um, oftentimes what happens is that, um, you know, when people have had experience using marijuana in either college or high school, they'll overdo it. Right. So, so they'll, they'll come in uh, a lot of times 
patients will come in and, t- and tell me, you know, the last time I used marijuana was in college or high school and I experienced paranoia. I got really nauseous. I started vomiting. Um, and that's because they overdid it. They, they took basically a toxic dose. So I'm, in, I'm intrigued by that idea because I know a lot of folks are jumping up and down saying, you know, there's no lethal dose of cannabis. But I, I, I feel like your point is that there are still aversive reactions if things just get a little too high. Yeah, of course. And that's the case with any medication, right? You can always overdo um, even even vitamins. You can overdo vitamins, especially fat-soluble vitamins. So so the, it's that that concept stands for any medication. Well, and that's reassuring. And then this notion of starting uh, essentially as, as low as possible certainly sounds like great advice. Uh, some folks are confused. Is it really possible to get something that may be only uh, a single milligram or two of THC? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, there, I, I mean, products in, in terms of total uh, range of milligrams can vary. You know, there are products that have up to 720 milligrams of THC. But you, if it's a chocolate bar, you can certainly cut it down. Um, uh, so it's, you know, it's just going to, to, to depend um, on oh, the actual product itself. That's good to know. And then we're getting a ton of news about these alternative cannabinoids, the ones that weren't uh, the classic THC we all learned about, cannabidiol, cannabinol, and things like that. Do you have any opinions about those based on your clinical work? Yeah, certainly. I mean, CBD certainly has a lot of medical value, um, especially for, you know, it has antispasmodic properties. So it's, it's proved to be very beneficial for my patients with multiple sclerosis in helping to relieve their spasticity. Um, that in addition to THC, they both have anti-inflammatory properties, right? And they have what's called a synergistic effect. So basically when used together, one enhances the effect of the other, especially when it comes to inflammation. So, so yes, it does. um, Really CBD and THC are the two compounds that are, that are made in greatest abundance in the plant. Um, there are other compounds, which we, I mean, honestly, we don't really know much about those, um, yet. So, so there, you know, I can't really say much on, on those, but the CBD and the THC, obviously we know the most about THC and we're, we're learning, we're beginning to learn more and more about CBD. Well, those anti-inflammatory properties sound super delightful and seems like they could be a lot of help for a lot of different ailments. I'm uh, curious if, if uh, you do have folks who uh, have the sleep problems, but occasionally discover a strain that that's actually more stimulating and if you have any recommendations under those circumstances um okay so specifically for sleep is that what you're talking about exactly yeah okay um you know let's see for sleep um it, it depends it depends i treat i can tell you that i treat mild to moderate insomnia much differently than moderate to severe insomnia right so so depending on what type of insomnia um, uh, there is, it's it's really going to depend on what combination of chemicals that patients need. Um, what I can tell you is that typically high amounts of THC are, are stimulating. Um, uh, THC tends to not cause any drowsiness. That's That sounds like it's good to know, and it, it sounds like there may be a little trial and error involved. I'm... Uh, Sorry to say we have to just pause for a minute, but we're going to come right back uh, with more from Dr. Rachna Patel. As my cannabis radio brother, Vivian McPeak, would say, we've got to pause for the cause because there are flaws in the laws. 
We'll be right back. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. This is Bobby Black, host of Blazin', here to talk to you about 420 Science. I've known Matt and Gary from 420 Science for over a decade. We've spent a lot of time together at the Cannabis Cups in Amsterdam, the Doobie Awards in their hometown of Austin. They were even at my wedding. And I've always admired their integrity and how they've built 420 Science from the ground up to become the most trusted online head shop. Visit 420science.com slash podcast for an exclusive deal on pipes and more from genuine people who put their customers first. That's 420science.com slash podcast. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues. Only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back. Hey, it's Dr. Mitch Earlywine at Burning Issues. We're talking to Dr. Rachna Patel about some wild and uh, intriguing medical uses of cannabis. Uh, she's a physician up in the Bay Area. So we've uh, talked a bit about insomnia. And I know you uh, mentioned you also have a, a lot of patients who, who come in with pain issues. I'd be intrigued to get your general approach on that and have a few specific questions as well. Yeah. So, I mean, pain is a fairly broad topic, right? So there's a wide variety of pain um, that I'm treating. More, more common conditions that I end up treating are back pain. Um, uh, and specifically in terms of the, of the causes of the back pain, a lot of patients would come, will come in with conditions like sciatica because they have herniated discs. Um, I treat a lot of nerve-related pain. Um, there's a lot of patients that come in with diabetic neuropathy, especially, um, then there are patients, um, with, with bone related pain. So arthritis is another common condition that I end up treating. Um, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned these transdermal products and I, I'd love to get a feel for, uh, how those might work if they're actually efficacious and just what do you think? So they are, they are efficacious, but in very specific conditions, right? So, so it, it works well, I found, for muscular and skeletal pain. Beyond that, it doesn't really, really work well. Now, what's really interesting is that topicals, I found, also work great for skin conditions, like psoriasis, for, for example. Um, and actually, the reason for psoriasis, for, for it working well for psoriasis, is that um, they did sort of a, a research study in Petri dishes that showed that um, marijuana basically prevents the, uh, uh, hyperproliferation or excess production of skin cells. Um, 
And then, so back to the pain, <clears throat> um, I, there's also muscular uh, conditions as well. Like I mentioned, multiple sclerosis. Uh, then there's also the category of autoimmune conditions um, uh, causing pain as well, right? So there's a lot of patients with, with lupus. There's also psoriatic arthritis um, uh, that I end up treating as well. It, it sounds like uh, this is just the, the master drug. I mean, is there anything cannabis uh, doesn't, doesn't really help? Um, yeah, actually, I found that certain very severe nerve-related conditions. So let me give you two examples. One is um, severe cases of shingles. I haven't found much success in treating patients um, with severe shingles. The second is um, severe cases of spinal stenosis. This is when a patient has difficulty walking, you know, even 500 feet, Um uh, without experiencing uh, uh, pain in their back. Those those cases I actually haven't had uh, much success with either. So so it is, it, and I'd say so far, I mean, I've been doing this for a while and so far those are the only two that I haven't had much success with. But here's what I'll tell you. For pain in general, as it stands in conventional medicine, we don't have a good solution. The solutions that we do have, like opioids, uh, a lot of times, um, even antidepressants and even anti-seizure medications will will be will will end up being used for to treat pain. These are not good options because a lot of times it, it it does a couple of things. It gives patients side effects, right? That's affecting the quality of their life. Um, the medication um, uh, in general, a lot of them tend to be highly addictive. A lot of times, patients form tolerances to these medications very quickly, so they find themselves needing higher and higher doses. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and that, that just doesn't do it in terms of relieving their pain. So when it comes to chronic pain specifically, medical marijuana is a really good option. Oh, that's good to know. Philippe Lucas and a few other investigators up in Canada have suggested that there may be a chance, uh, for folks who, uh, essentially developed a lot of tolerance to opiates to maybe be able to ease back on it if they've got medical cannabis. Do you have any ideas about yeah. how that might work? So essentially, so there there was a study done by Dr. Donald Abrams back in 2011, and basically the results of the study showed that when marijuana was used with opioids, essentially marijuana enhanced the effects of the opioids, right? Now, clinically, how I've seen this play out is that my patients on opioids are significantly able to reduce their doses of opioids with the use of, of medical marijuana. Uh, or they're able to completely eliminate the use of the opioids as well. Um, so that's always good news. A lot of patients don't like being on opioids long term. I, I can hardly blame them given some of the side effects. I realize uh, they aren't discussed much, but it seems like there is a lot of gastrointestinal distress associated with use of those drugs long term. Can cannabis really uh, essentially help them sidestep that? Yeah, because because you're when you're lowering the doses, you're it's helping to avoid those side effects as well. Uh, well, then it sounds like it really is uh, the magical medicine we we had we had always hoped for. We covered a little bit about this topical administration and how it's uh, particularly good for skin conditions. Um, do you, do you feel like uh, there are times when say a tincture or an oral administration may have advantages over say a vaporized or a smoked cannabis? Yeah, so it all has to uh, do with the specific medical condition. But he here's what I, in general, I'm going to tell you. Um, uh, inhalation, uh, it's quick acting, right? It, it takes effect quicker, but it also the high, you know, the high, the effect 
last um, for a shorter period of time. It's gen generally up to four hours. Whereas with tinctures, um, the effect can last anywhere from four to six, but it takes longer to take effect, a little bit longer. And then with edibles, the effect can last six to eight hours, right? So it's it's all going to depend on on the medical condition itself. But uh, let me give you an example for for insomnia, for instance. Which of those three do you think would be the best option? If I mean, I would having, certainly having appreciate something asleep. orally administered if it's going to last a long time. Right, right. So edibles um, typically work well, better for for difficulty sleeping. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And now there's a sort of uh, sub lore, if you will that the tinctures uh, can be absorbed uh, in the oral mucosa. And if you sort of hold them in your mouth a little longer, you may get a more rapid onset. But if you swallow them right away, you may get a longer duration. Is this uh, taking a little uh, step too far past the data? Or do you have any experience that's comparable to this? Um, I mean, you know, if you hold it under your tongue, you, you are absorbing a good amount of it under the tongue. Some of it you're going to end up swallowing anyway. Um, so... I mean, I'd say the vast, I haven't had too many patients say that I great, get a greater effect by, by swallowing it as well. So no, clinically, I haven't seen it play, play out the way that you described. In intriguing to know. And then there seem to be a, a real range of different ways of making these transdermal products. And uh, a lot of folks jump up and down about uh, one type of oil or another. Do you have any subjective sense or any objective data on what might be uh, better for what condition? Here's what, here's what I found. I mean, really, it's just a matter of getting a good quality topical. I've had patients have no effect. You'll, they'll buy a variety of topicals. <clears throat> one topical will give them no effect, whereas another topical will give them, you know, amazing effect. So um, here's what I always tell patients. It's always important to get a product that's been laboratory tested and to look at the exact amounts of the CBD, THC, you know, other cannabinoids <clears throat> based on that laboratory testing. Um, really, that's, that's one of the best ways to gauge the quality of a product. So it sounds like if you got a laboratory test on your label and some, you know, definite measures of uh, the amount of cannabinoids, it's it's going to be a more informative, uh, yeah, productive use. Yeah, I mean the, the the thing is is that this industry, as it stands, it's not well regulated in all states. Um, so, and that's currently, presently the case in the state of California. It's going to change in 2018 once they implement new regulations. Now that has become legal for recreational use. But, you know, in the case of topicals, I've seen topicals that have absolutely no information on them. You know, they don't even, they haven't even named the product. But then I've seen other topicals where, you know, every last detail of what's in the product is listed. Oh, well, so, I hope that that gets to be the trend, my goodness. And yeah. now I know you, you will not do a, a video or a Skype kind of uh, consultation. You're all about having folks right there in your office. Yeah, I am. But what I'm working on are protocols um, because I know that there's a big demand for this information. Um, so, so that's what I'm working on, and that'll be out in a couple months. Oh, that's really reassuring. And could you remind us what your website is just so folks can go to it? Yeah, sure. So it's it's doctor abbreviated Rachna R A C H N A and then Patel P A T E L dot com. Now I also want to mention that if your listeners have questions for me, they're more than welcome to post their questions on my YouTube channel 
Um, and you can just Google the medical marijuana expert YouTube and my channel will come up. Um, or uh, they can post their questions on my Facebook page. And then once every one to two weeks, I do um, answer questions by video, either by Facebook Live or um, or I also post videos on YouTube as well. I got a big kick out of your gateway essay there on your website, and it's just delightful to see somebody uh, getting so into this and, and really trying to make sure that this is done right. So thanks so much for being here. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thank you. All right. Hey, Cannabis Radio listeners, stay with us and we'll be right back with the next chapter of uh, our activism primer. And uh, thanks so much for, for tuning in. More burning issues coming up after we blaze through these words from our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, think that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be. The Vuber way. Time to fan the fire on some more burning issues. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, it's Dr. Mitch Earlywine here on Burning Issues. Thanks so much for being here on CannabisRadio.com. It's time for our next chapter of Self-Compassion in the Art of Activism. This is the portion of our show where we learn to take good care of ourselves and each other. It's how we support the Cannabis Crusade. I got some emails today and uh, a couple of intriguing ones trying to make the distinction between our values and our goals. I'm delighted that we're all out there setting goals to help reform or just make sure our own lives are better and the lives of those around us improve, but I want to separate that from the overarching value, which is often something like community or friendship or love. And what's intriguing is you'll see how those are things that you can actually be behaving consistently with all the time. Whereas a goal is something that you would check off, like I'm going to get this law passed, or I'm going to get this degree finished, or I'm going to uh, ask somebody out on a date. So the distinction really is that values are here and now, and that goals are either in the future or already finished. 
Why does this distinction even matter? Well, if you think about it, it's a little bit like uh, what Russ Harris calls the two kids in the car metaphor. If you can imagine two kids who are going someplace in a car and one is really, really focused on just getting to wherever they're going, say grandmother's house, when the other one is certainly excited about grandmother's house but also really loves a car ride, if, some reason, if for some reason the journey gets interrupted, the person who values the car ride or sees that as consistent with uh, something he enjoys is going to have an okay time still, whereas the one who's focused only on the goal, only on getting to grandmother's house, is going to have a more disappointing day. If we think about it, success is really living our values, and it's wonderful to achieve goals, but it seems like no matter how many goals we reach, there's always another one popping out. With the definition, hey, success is living our values, we can be successful right now. And that way, it's not so frightening to take on a goal that's far, far away, whether it be repeal federal prohibition, get an advanced degree, set up all your finances so you can retire. You can behave in values that are consistent with that and do really well. Another point I want to emphasize is your values never need to be justified. I think this is all part of us getting to choose who we're going to be as well as what we're going to do. If you think that the thing you value most is having an exciting life, then by all means, that should be your value. And go ahead and behave in ways that are in according to that, of course, without hurting anybody else. But then you don't need to explain to other folks. And so then your decisions will be easy to make without having to justify the value. I also want to emphasize values often need to be prioritized. You can imagine how we may have values that are not necessarily in competition, but that can't be pursued simultaneously. So I have a friend who really values having an exciting life, but he also really values uh, a tight, warm connection with his spouse. Obviously, he can't necessarily have every facet of an exciting life if he also wants to have the value of a tight connection with his spouse. And it's cute when these values get pitted up against each other. He can have the little devil and the, the little angel on his shoulders. And fortunately, he consistently makes the right decision because his values have been prioritized according to his own impressions. Finally, I want to emphasize values are best held lightly. The idea that a value is certainly a guiding force, a way to live, a help when I'm trying to get a sense for what my goals should be, but let's not turn them into some kind of rigid, outrageous laws. Let's not say something is a value and then realize we're making bad decisions in order to prioritize it. So it's good to know you value, say, having an exciting life, but there's no need to get ridiculous about it. There's no need to get dangerous about it because odds are high we've got other values that are going to be important as well that we don't want to compete with. Oh, I did say finally, but I do want to emphasize just one other point, and that's that our values are freely chosen. I understand what it's like to have that little voice in your head and it sort of chatters away when you're doing something and you're not sure you're supposed to. Well, here's a neat question. If I waved a magic wand so you could have any values you wanted, what values would you choose? Not what ones would your 
spouse choose or your mom choose, but what ones would you choose? This is often a useful way to get to your values. It's particularly helpful for those folks who claim that they have no values at all. So, hey, thanks so much for tuning in to CannabisRadio.com. I'm Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Follow your heart and let the data be your guide. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.